Come and dream with me. Hello and welcome to What Do You Want to Watch? This Explosion Works Premier Media Podcast. Every week we get together to talk about movies, TV, and online content. Help you answer the question, will Tom Cruise really keep making Mission Impossible movies till he's 80? I mean, if he doesn't die before then. That's a hard question. Tough one. I'm your host, Ashley. I'll be joining me today, Dylan Blight. Maybe he will. Maybe that's. Maybe I won't mind it, you know? It's an interesting quote because he specifically says he wants to keep making Mission Impossible movies till he's 80. But I he thought this was meant to be the final. <laughs> it was meant to be the last so two. So. Going all Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. It's actually going to be uh, an eight part finale. Maybe, maybe the last one he stars in. Maybe. You have a cameo. Like he Maybe he can continue the franchise and move to a like a supporting role. He, he runs the IMF or something. You know? Yeah. Trains. As weird as as weird as that is to say, I don't know if that's like a that would be such a bad idea, like career wise. Health wise. <laughs> and health health wise, yeah. Health wise. Uh yeah, on today's show we'll be talking about what's in watch history, going over a little bit of film news. Give me some thumbs to trailers and talk about this week's top three. Uh, we'll kick things off. Uh, probably you've seen it on the podcast feed. We've w- seen Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1 in cinemas. There is a podcast up on the podcast feed. Uh, of course, this is the latest film starring Tom Cruise, uh, directed by Chris McQuarrie, uh, in which he's chasing some keys. Dylan, what do you think of Mission Impossible, <laughs> Dead Reckoning, Part 1? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I this is yeah, this is what I want my you know go to the cinema big blockbuster films. This is what I like want out of them. I don't think it's anywhere near as good as the the, the previous one, which was sort of one of the best movies of that year with Fallout. Um, doesn't have the magic of that, but I do think it's still just a highly enjoyable action flick um it just suffers of being like a lot of these movies is it just i think a big part of it is the the fact that it's not a complete movie and it does suffer for that fact but what's here is just yeah still highly enjoyable Haley atwell's a standout new addition to it um keen to see where the, the second part goes yeah it's really good obviously the you know ever since the third one you know they've been pretty at least good uh to fantastic um yeah, really enjoyable. Obviously, you know this is it. It's definitely been built up as like the finale to this era of uh, Ethan Hunt. Whether it's like people from his past suddenly reappearing, um, you know, people's appearing to die. Um, you know, it, it definitely feels like it's everything's kind of coming full circle. Um, you've got this massive AI thing that the entity that they're coming up against. Uh, which entity. feels the entity feels kind of feels a little bit on the nose given what's happening in the world right now. Um, but I just this was like you keep saying it's on the nose, but I'm like, is it because on the nose, like, is it it's on like, the oh, nose? Oh, everybody's just, talking about AI, so now the big bad's got to be AI. But this is not on the nose. Like, I don't think it's a it's a thing. Like AI is going to listen. Mrs. Davis did it first, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this, I mean, you know what I mean? Like AI is just not going to up and disappear. This is it's current. It's here to stay. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Stay. yeah. Feels too current. Okay, that's, overly yeah, current. That'd be different. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, Tom Cruise doing crazy stuff. The stunt that you know has been built up and shown off in all the trailers looks cool. Very crazy. Um, but I think we agree. I don't think it's the best stunt in the film. Mm. Um. I mean, it's the best. I would say it's the best stunt, like the logistically. Shot. Yeah, but not the best. But the sequence. most exciting, most exciting sequence was a part that we had seen less of in the trailer. So yeah. even though I saw they put out a trailer that featured that a lot more the other day, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, this is just the one shot of them. Yeah, um, Haley Atwell, like you said, fantastic addition. I think she's super charming. Uh, there is this movie is surprisingly funny, um, with you know Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell so having really good comedic timing. Um, yeah, really enjoyable. 
definitely need to see it in cinemas um, because it is a, it's just a cinematic movie, you know? Um, yeah, so we'd recommend checking that out and then go listen. If you're not gonna go, first. if you're not gonna go watch this in the cinema, I don't understand what why you bother like leaving. If, like, <laughs> why are you listening to this podcast? Is what was yeah. It? Like if this if this isn't enough to get you into the cinema, I don't understand anymore. Like why are you I just here? Don't get it. Why are you here? Go away. All right. So check out Mission Impossible in cinemas now. Uh, Dylan, you watched a movie. Uh, Correct. Reviewed a yeah, movie I for... did. I fucking love them. <laughs> uh, watched a movie on Shutter called Quicksand. He gave it a 5 out of 10 on the website and said, there are a few simple survival horror films like this made anymore, so I enjoyed watching it for what it was. But the Quicksand isn't going to be something I come back to anytime soon. Yeah, so Quicksand's a movie about this couple that heads into Colombia. Um, they, um, they're heading there for like a, I think it's like a medical con or something that's been put together. Uh, but you quickly discover they're sort of on the brink and they've been like sort of three months separated. They're about to get divorced, all this. So there's, there's a lot of like separation for them. Long story short, they end up like having to run away from a dude who's like pulls a gun on, is trying to steal their car while they're out for a hike. Then they run in and they end up both getting stuck in Quicksand. So then the majority of the rest of the movie is them in the quickstand trying to figure out how to get out while also dealing with things like nasty fucking ant biting them and you know fucked up shit you find in the rainforest in Colombia, uh mostly including a, a big fuck off snake and apparently which is immune to quicksand it could just fucking slivel yep. <laughs> slivel right along it's the no top facts. of snakes <laughs> uh i mean to sand yeah yeah it's true Big fact. Uh, so, yeah, like, the movie tries to, I guess, like, have this very obvious thing about, you know, there's a couple, they're going through, their relationship was sinking, you know, they were stuck in it for a while, now they're stuck in quicksand together, and then they have to sort of reconcile while trying to fight for their lives. Like, I, I don't think it's you have to think too much to think about the why the, why the, the, the characters written the way they were. Um, the two actors do fine for what it is, but I never particularly grew too fond of them as much as i'm sure the film wants you and the writer and directors want you to um and yeah just it's just a very slow burn for the most part when the highs are obviously when a snake shows up and that's pretty tense um but uh yeah just i, I just I sort of right as it was sort of getting somewhere towards the end it sort of wrapped up and i was like yeah cool whatever that was, that was what it was uh but yeah as i said in review I, ju- I just don't think you get many of these movies so if you like these and by these i mean characters stuck trying to find a way to survive um which can be in the middle of nowhere it can be 127 hours strapped to a rock and based on a true story it can be buried in a box alive uh and you're ryan reynolds which is a really good one um you know like any of these sorts of just survival films so all right so that releases on charter this uh friday yeah the 14th yeah uh so we both went out to cinema again and checked out Joyride, the new film from Adele Lim, uh, starring uh, Ashley Park, Sherry Collar, Stephanie Hsu, and Sabrina Wu, uh, in which a young woman named Audrey, who grew up uh, in the suburbs of Seattle as uh, the adoptee of white parents, uh, is going to China for the first time with her best friend, Lolo, uh, in order to seal a uh, big business deal for a law firm, uh, Lolo's cousin Vanessa tags along. Vanessa slash uh, Dead Eye tags along. Uh, socially awkward cousin, uh, and they meet up with Audrey's roommate Cat, who's a big actress on a day- daytime TV show uh, filming in China. Uh, and long story short, they go in search of uh, Audrey's uh, birth mother in China in order to seal the deal because because Ronnie Chang's weird uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I really enjoyed it it was a fun time crazy comedy uh, definitely over the top I'm sure it's like, it's kind of like the Asian bro trip or bridesmaids I guess like a very sex positive uh, female friend story but it's also got this arc of like finding yourself and learning about your history and um, where you come from and all those kind of themes and uh Probably a you know a very uh, common like immigrant story I guess, um, 
but yeah, there was, this film went in directions I was not expecting. Uh, I think you go in, once you come out of this movie, you've seen things. Uh, and I'll just end by saying I was not prepared for uh, Cat's tattoo. Okay. Dylan, what are your thoughts on Joyride? Yeah, I really, I yeah, definitely the standout comedy I think of the year so far. Um, I can't think of anything that would. What was your audience like? You went out like for a preview screening. They were like hot, so it was half full, I'd say, and yeah, it was laughs. Okay, pretty pretty good laughs. It was like me and like a couple of older couples. Interesting. So it was. (laughs) I'm sitting there going, "Wow, I wonder what they're thinking." I I heard multiple, so there was a lot of laughter, and then every now and then, depending on what was happening, you would either hear. Ew. <laughs> oh, across from somewhere else, just like some random woman who like everyone stopped laughing and you just hear the <laughs> like still trying to keep it in. So yeah, it was it was a pretty good um Okay, good. Good yeah, right? It was a good but that's a, which side tangent, someone's I was telling someone at work the other day I watched this and they're like, Yeah, I don't know if I'd go to movies and watch that. I think watching comedy films, highly under under talked appreciation for watching a comedy film with a, a, a decent size, like, cause mine was only half full, but like with yeah. a decent enough crowd, like can add a good comedy where everyone's laughing, like adds to a, yes. like part of the film's magic sort of thing. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but yeah, I definitely feel like it's the best comedy I've seen so far this year. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Cast is stellar. I think, yes, it is easy way to call it would be just Asian bridesmaids, but like that mm. sort of, like i feel like that's underselling it yes because um, as much as it yet yeah, that's what i think most people are going to fall into saying it is because it's the r-rated raunchy comedy with um you know like i don't say four girls because like a dead eye dead eyes actor is non-binary and i believe yeah. that obviously the the storyline although they don't directly say it here is yeah, is is coded that although Deadeye hasn't, I don't think strictly come out as non-binary in the film. That's like, I think the the coded way. So, um, yeah. So there's, a, I I definitely feel like it was a very funny film. Lots of launch, raunchy jokes and that sort of stuff. If you like it, um, there's a lot of stuff in here. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen before, but then it it all comes together with this. Yeah, so the immigrant slash uh. Asian Americans, especially focused, obviously part of this of and the, the way the film just starts with the like going in all the just <laughs> looking at all the white kids in the playground like it's a horror movie, like, <laughs> like <laughs> just like their faces going around like all that sort of stuff, and then yeah. um, that white kid getting punched right in the face at the start was quite funny. Oh, so. <laughs> you saw it in the trailer, but it was so much. It was still so funny, <laughs> still funny because then you get the added shot yeah. after it. Of him taking another hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was good shit. And then the parents trying to console him. <laughs> little uh, fuck, a little racist fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was very good shit. I would highly recommend watching Joe Right. I think, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, there's lots of stuff I'd love to say, but it's just spoiling some of the, the good parts of the movie. But yeah, good shit. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff in here. Um, yeah, really enjoyable. I, you know. Hopefully, you know, there's the option there for them to make another one, but, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, Dylan, you finished watching The Clearing on Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I definitely feel like as far as Disney's first or the star original or whatever the fuck we're calling it, but yeah, the star slash Disney side's first, uh, scripted Australian series, it's okay. Um, I didn't. I, don't, I definitely feel like there's. It's not going to rank highly in my top Australian TV series I've watched this year because I feel like I've watched it a lot, and this is definitely not up the top. It's just the the whole pacing consistently felt off. Like it was just trying to be too dark and too like, like, and it is a dark subject matter, but like it still felt like it was just it was letting that affect the way it told its story at times. Mm. I, I like I don't know if that makes any sort of sense, but um, yeah, and. The other thing is they they take this true story and they use that as the basis for this. But I I honestly I, I was sort of left with a like I don't know the true story is sort of more interesting than the the fictional one you've you've come up with because mm. there is that Netflix documentary I watched like last year or the year before about what this is based on. I think it's just called The Family or whatever. Um, and that was that's interesting. You can watch that as well. So, um, but I mean, the acting's all good. Miranda Otto is having a, the fucking blast. Uh, as weird as that is to say, playing this horrible person, but you can tell that she's just getting to act her. You know, she gets to the act her 
act and have have an acting time um playing a character she wouldn't usually get to play which is good uh but yeah i it's okay that's where i'd land it's okay okay uh so you watched also watched the outwaters what's this one yeah so i said i was really looking forward to watching this didn't love it that's all right can't win them all um very fucking weird movie this this is and i went into it not knowing anything because ever uh, that's what i got told was the best way to watch it um but yeah it's just this movie's just too too weird for its own good and I, I don't really know what the point of it is so it's a found footage horror film which the first hour 20 probably is like nothing and then the last half hour 20 minutes is just absolute nonsense and that's where they start like doing the horror stuff prior to that it's just four what well, no it's like three friends and someone new they head out to the middle of the desert to film a music video for like the the main girl character she's like trying to be an artist or whatever um and then it's just whole like the main dude's like recording behind the scenes of it all and then you see him filming and taking photos for the music video and like the, the problem i have with it is the, primarily the fact that the first hour 20 i just didn't really like any of these characters i didn't like get interested in any of them and there was like barely any build-up of tension like most of these good found footage scary movies are you know paranormal activity blair witch like they have a good build-up towards all of it and then there's there's a good payoff and even if you're a bit confused or don't love the ending like blair witch has a what the fuck ending but it's still like up until that moment it's just it's like a it's a barrel of there's a reason that movie did really well right so that waters it gets to a point and then it just goes absolute just insanity um of visual imagery rapid flashing stuff for like 20 minutes i felt like it was where the main character is just wandering around i don't know we're kind of i don't want to spoil it in case someone does want to watch it and then the movie ends with the most over the top <laughs> just it, it's i mean it's, it gets horrific like if you want the blood and you, and you want the the horror stuff it's there at the end but i'm still just like why and then yeah so i, I didn't love it is what i was saying okay so you're not watching the other parts the of mini, the other water short films no I'm, I'm good you're good okay uh and then i saw you watched a film called daughters daughter today yeah i watched that today um really interesting so, um, it is a very slow burn. Yeah, so it's like a, this is like a thriller, I guess, but it's about, um, we don't really see anything outside this house, which is the whole point, I guess. So the, the movie starts, actually, no, you do write stuff. But anyway, after that, there's a, the movie starts with this, this character, she's being kidnapped. Um, and everyone's just referred to as like father, mother, sister, um, sorry, daughter, and then brother um and then the the whole film is like the sort of father's like kidnapped this person and then it's telling them hey you're gonna play the sister and you gotta learn to do that and then the, the whole rest of the movie there's lots of weird shit going on with the father like like he's telling the son and the family like the air's outside poisonous and like all this sort of stuff and then you slowly realize the son has absolutely no idea uh what the real world is like and um you're like how are they going to escape from this is the mother in on it like it's it's a very slow burn i feel i liked the ending um it does leave it open to interpretation of like what is going to happen but i you know i feel like i lean towards one direction and another um the performances are all really really good uh so yeah i wouldn't like it's if you like a slow burn thriller uh that's just four characters basically just acting um a lot of long one takes as well uh would that's where i'd suggest this um ian alexander plays the uh brother slash son as well so shout out if uh from the last of us lev or i think that was the character's name right lev uh i want to bring the batuta advocate up again so I, or the batuta advocate presents up again uh, a couple weeks i talked about the document like the episode where they talked about the hillsong uh thing they've got another few episodes up now and i think it is it's pretty fantastic it's a obviously like a you know uh it's like a 60 minutes-esque thing where they kind of deep dive into a history time in history and australian history uh they tell tell 
the story of the events with news footage and interviews with people who are there, as well as uh, cartoons, little cartoons. Um, really, really well done. A um, couple of really fascinating ones uh, they've done recently, uh, delving into like the Super League War, which I'm sure is something that Dylan wouldn't have any interest in because it's about ah. it's about rugby league and it's Murdochs against Packers. It's all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then they did an episode like delving into the Cronulla riots. It's like a lose lose scenario. And what did you say? Murdoch's versus Packers. Murders versus Packers. Murdoch's versus Packers. Yeah, fucking, yeah. Do I have a third option? Like, what's the fucking. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, but they, they delved into the Cronulla riots, which is which is an interesting watch because, you know, that was an event that kind of happened. Uh, and Correct. to someone who was not in New South Wales, it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of random. Um, all these random person people showed up in the beach and like started punching on mm. and that kind of stuff. Was that uh, they kind of, or whatever? Yeah, something like that. So, uh, delving into that, and then they just did an episode on uh, uh the uh, uh, it's called the Ring In. It's about uh, a small crew of criminals trying to perform a horse racing ring in. So, the idea of a ring in is you get a shit horse and you keep putting in races. And then eventually, uh, before it goes into a race, you swap it out with a fast horse, and now that the shit horse has terrible odds, um, you know the fast horse you'll win a bunch of money, right? And this this is a crime gone wrong story, and it's fantastic. Okay. It's incredible, <laughs> incredible retelling. One of the funniest things I've seen this year. Uh, is it just because I swap it out and like the other horse has like a giant like? Oh, there is so much, so many like. How this story has not been made into some sort of movie or something that I've seen is bonkers. Because it's a like shamble after shamble after shamble. It's Steven Soderbergh to direct it. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I would. But who advocate presents, uh, if your Paramount Plus subscription is still, if you accidentally lapse because after Yellow Jackets ended or something else, if you finish watching all of. Uh, the uh, what, what the what's the uh, Kevin Costner series? Yellowstone. If you watched all them. Check this out. All right, let's move it to the mandatory Netflix segment of the show. Uh, Dylan, you watched the Outlaws. Oh right, yeah. Uh, the Pierce Brosnan movie. Yep. Yeah, um, yes. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I cool. see. So here's I don't. My problem with the movie is actually this. Now, you've probably watched more with him in it than I have. What's old mate the star's name? Um, uh, Adam Devine. Adam Devine. He kind of shitted me off in this, to be completely honest. Like, and I know this is him just doing his regular Adam Devine stuff thing. I feel like, but it was just I found it frustrate frustratingly annoying. To to like that's that's where I'm at, and I, I've watched stuff with him in it before. Like I haven't watched a lot with him in it, but I've watched stuff with him and never had an issue. But he's playing this character that's so dumb, <laughs> right? Is the thing like na- well, naive? I guess is the hmm. it would be the way the guy. It's just so naive to it so much and just ridiculous. And he's just supposed to be this so innocent and you know, like they're telling the story about how they him and his uh, to be wife met, and it's. He's like, oh, I had to go in for something or other. And then that's the moment I knew I'd fall in love with her. And then I, uh, Pierce Brosnan or whatever the, the mom asked, like, and then you asked her out, right? And then he's like, no, I kept coming back for six more times until she asked me out. You know, it's like supposed to be the story of like, he's such a, a fucking wuss that, you know, like he doesn't do anything in his life sort of thing. And it's just, I found him so fucking annoying. Anyway, apart from him, I enjoyed other people in this movie. And I feel like I would have enjoyed this movie a lot more and found it a lot funnier if it either he was bit different or it was someone else other than him i'm gonna be real as mean as it is to to, to say that because pierce brosnan is just chewing scenery with this character um and i was enjoying that um partnered with ellen uh ellen barker them fun michael rook is in this wearing a ridiculous hat having fun time good for it you know like I, i'm enjoying many parts of this movie apart from adam divine ruins the movie for me sorry uh, all right uh, and then you watched uh, a couple of documentaries I've talked about before. You watched Muscles and Mayhem, the unauthorized story of American Gladiators. It was all right, wasn't it? It wasn't. I feel like it dragged on. Hmm. Like I feel like it should have been half the length. 
I uh, like I was, I was sort of into it and out of it at different points. And I honestly, I think I went from the second to third episode and listened to like a 10 minute part. And I, I felt like they were just repeating themselves. And I had to, I actually paused and double checked. I hadn't gone back an episode by accident. <laughs> I was like, did you not just cover all this? Like, are we like, are we like, probably no, they're just sort of just really honing in on certain facts. Like I was like, fuck it now, calm down anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, as I said, like I, I definitely, I remember and having fond memories watching the Australian version of Gladiators. Um, but I never had like any, I didn't know anything about the American ones and whatever. There's a little bit of history to, to be learned here and whatever else. It's semi-interesting, but I definitely felt like it should have been like half length or just a movie. Like this four episode shit. Get out of here. It didn't need to be four hours. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then you watched the documentary take care of Maya. this is distressing mm. very distressing documentary i think i watched that after the same night i watched the outlaws or some weird shit like that <laughs> it's just fucking whiplash i went from one thing to another yeah anyway have you watched this you watched this one yeah i watched this before when did you talk about this i can't remember you talking about this a few weeks ago yeah cool yeah i don't remember anyway um the yeah so this is <laughs> this <laughs> With Zach Jackson over here. I just zoned out or something, apparently. Um, the, the yeah, I really I enjoyed it uh, as much as you enjoy watching something like this. Um, if, yeah, if you are like me and don't remember Ash talking about this, uh, it's about um, this girl who has like a condition. Do you remember what the condition is called? I can't remember what anyway, uh, CDI, something like something that. Like this. Something I've never heard of, right? And it's the, the movie doesn't act like the doco doesn't act like you should know what it is it's very rare disease or whatever anyway so the parents are like getting her like take her all these specialists she ends up getting put on like a, a certain amount of ketamine to help and all these sorts of things and she has like a really bad episode they take her into doctors some social worker comes in and decides that they know better than everyone else and that the parents must be abusing their child and they like separate them and then it's just the from then it's just fucking the worst case scenario and What's even worse is by the time you get to the end of the movie, with everything horrible that happens to this family throughout the whole movie, then finding out that this similar things have also happened to other families, and even like people have like there was that one dad at the end talking about how he went to prison for like a year. Um, I was like, oh my, like this, this is so much. Like I, I don't know. I was by the end of this, I was like, is this just an American thing? Like, can this happen? Does this happen in Australia? Like, I, I want to know. Like, what are the rules and regulations on? some some person because the film does focus on one particular this one social worker in particular about how like she caused all these issues for so many families yes. um and there's one particular hospital and whatever else but then they do like they do imply that you know these things happen all across the country like, how the fuck does some one person get to make this without any like court case or, and like you can't even get a proper court case i don't know it was fucked up that's what it was yeah it, it's a but a film that makes you sad and makes you angry at the same time. Yeah. Um, because, you know, this poor kid stuck in a hospital, pretty much kidnapped. Yep. For like three six months. months. Yeah, whatever it was. Very Just... long period of time. Um, and, you know, all the tension that's being built up in the family leading up to uh, something happening. So Yeah. I feel uh, like it's going to be on a... I'll... Docker at least Probably. surely it's in a Docker list for the end of the year. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, that was one of my things. It's like they kind of made that moment out to be kind of a twist. Uh, I sorry, but I, mean, I feel yeah, I feel like it was. If you'd watched documentaries like this before, you could see the yeah. foreshadowing. The foreshadowing is just the way characters are speaking from the moment. The word, the wording, and understanding the how absence. you use, yeah, the abs- <laughs> like yeah, that paired with the English language and how you use certain words to describe if a person's there or not anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like, yeah, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just it is what it is. They they built up to it, but I don't think they purposely. I don't think they drew it out anymore or made it. I don't think they tried to make it a moment, but it, it yeah. is a moment. And, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, super sad, ongoing. Hopefully, they get justice. Uh, that might have been the most depressing part of it. Uh, yeah, I, I was reading some reviews afterwards to see what people thought because I was like, "Fuck this doco is good." Like, why haven't I heard more people uh, talk about this? I saw one review complain that they didn't feel like it uh, told enough of a story. It was like sort of left you feeling unfulfilled. I'm like, left you feeling unfulfilled. What about the fucking family? Like, isn't that the point? Like, the point, yeah. <laughs> like it's... it's like, oh, you know, it's not meant to have a happy 
bow, I guess, tied on the end. Yeah. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, this film puts pressure on the people that pressure needs to be put on. Mm. Would be the only hope. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get everything in our watch history. Let's move into a little bit of film news. And Dylan, it looks like we're on the cusp of a SAG-AFTRA strike. Uh, reading from Variety, leadership from the Performers Guild SAG-AFTRA held a conference call with top Hollywood publicity agencies on Monday, bracing the powerful gatekeepers of A-list stars for a strike. Uh, the objective of the call, according to the source, was to brief the reps on protocols and how talents can best serve the union if and when a strike takes place. Uh, SAG-AFTRA's national board has the option to call a strike if the AMPTP won't agree on an ideal that bolsters performance careers and ensures their profession remains one that can support a dignified livelihood. Leadership wrote to PR agencies ahead of the meeting. Uh, Dylan, is Hollywood about to go to shit? <laughs> I don't think Hollywood's already, like, why not just stack them up at this point, you know? Yeah. Just do all the strikes, just do all the strikes in one quick succession and, you know? As I said last time, there's no, there's no downside to this to me. Because if they stop filming everything, that just means they've got more time to catch up and stuff, and everyone can work out their shit and get their, their proper rates and mm. royalties and whatever the different f- factions are fighting for, you know? I got, I got nothing. I'm fine. Do, do your shit. Get you paid. Get, get shit worked out. Get AI banned. That's the important part. Yes, from everything. Important. AI banned from writers. AI directors banned. AI actors banned. Fucking AI producers, editors, AI gaffers, band, AI, gaffers, AI lighting, AI, AI guess, best boys, makeup yeah, artists, like all. <laughs> <laughs> get them all fucking banned, man. Like, AI, AI runners, get them all gone. Yeah, um, get, get ahead of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen or recall multiple strikes like kind of overlapping. Um, probably because you know they come to the table at this point. Um, yeah, it's what been two months since the writer strike began, um, with little to no headway. It seems. Um, so yeah, I fully expect we'll be seeing them going on strike. Uh, I will point out uh, a lot of people. Sag uh, uh, after President Fran Drescher uh, was getting a lot of backlash over the weekend because she was over in Paris, partying it up with Kim Kardashian and uh, other people at like some fashion show instead of like trying to get a deal done so uh yeah i don't i, I suspect this is going to be don't think she's going to be in that position very lo- much longer uh or not for another term anyway so um yeah interesting um yeah not a lot of news i did find this story kind of interesting talk uh indywire posted up an article about why here are all the reasons why streamers love removing shows of course uh Recently had, well, yeah, we, we had a bunch Done, of, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, you know, Warner Brothers got rid of a bunch of stuff. Paramount Plus has just dropped a bunch of stuff, uh, including shows that, you know, they cancelled. Uh, and then Disney Plus re- removed a bunch of stuff, most notably Crater, uh, which I talked about in my, after, it got removed from Disney Plus seven weeks after release. Uh, a lot of people are very upset about that. Um, you know, understandable for people who actually, you know, worked on the project and that kind of stuff. Uh, but people who are never going to watch it, you know, I don't understand why they're so upset. Uh, <laughs> I got a hot take I want to put out there right now and get your opinion on. As someone who usually would say the complete opposite of this, mm-hmm. if you can't find any of these shows anywhere, pirate them, right? Right? No? Uh, I think, you know, I. <laughs> i don't know i feel like again that's a i'm not telling of, people you'd... to pie the mash i'm just saying that's surely the only option they would have to think about probably <laughs> they'd have to think about it okay uh just pulling from this article okay so about a month ago disney did its best wbd impression and dropped 76 titles from streamers disney plus and hulu the following week a company sec filing suggested that content dump wouldn't be the last. Case in point, last week, Hulu removed two one-and-done ABC series with Alaska Daily and the company you keep. They're available on PBOD. 
uh, waving goodbye to single series series and one-off specials will become regular practice for ABC content or Hulu, a person with knowledge of the plans told IndieWire. Uh, streamers have always rotated licensed content on and off platform based on when existing agreements ended and new ones began. This is different. These properties are owned by the streamer and have no expiration date. However, streaming platforms no longer view themselves as warehouses with endless storage space. It's not that everything must go, but everything can or should stay. Uh, removing content accomplishes a few things. First, if a platform pays rights to a producer or studio, it can remove those fees from the balance sheet. And since every piece of content has an amortized schedule, removal accelerates it. It's like uh, totaling a car that still has years to pay off. Uh, there's also a so- psychological effect can confer a sense of exclusivity and allow Brit streamers to brag about curation as they won't as they want to do. Several people told us that with new programming always incoming, so is data about what keeps people users engaged. You don't want the good stuff diluted by the bad. Uh, that was an interesting point. Uh, I was wondering if you agree, you know, is it just a case of curation? Are they just removing stuff that doesn't work and being like, let's just keep the good stuff here? No, they're doing it that's what they're saying. They're doing it primarily to, to get money off the books. I think we're fucking. But, but does that have a? But is it true? Is it true? No, I don't think it matters. I think you could bury a show in the app to the point that no one really cares. Yeah, I don't think it matters or <laughs> even works. To be perfectly honest. It doesn't matter if it's good or not, to be perfectly honest. Like, you look at Netflix this last week. Number one movie in Australia, Woody Woodpecker. I'm pretty sure that was not a great movie, you know, but everybody was watching it for some reason because it dropped. Um, but yeah, this is a, all these content being removed. I I would not condone the piracy, you know. I would say just watch stuff as soon as it comes is available. Then you don't have to worry about it being gone. Um. But yeah, it's, it's it's difficult. They're making it hard for everybody. Hard. It they're they're definitely they're definitely not not telling people to pirate stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not doing themselves any favors in getting people to not pirate content. I think much like we talk about the loss of like digital video games if they move from platform, there's like no physical release. This is no different to me. Like. If, unless you're gonna unless you're gonna put this shit out on a disc format that people can buy if they want to, because like what if you love this show and you just feel like you want to rewatch it once every year because you love it like I will like what if you're a massive fan of Willow and you're like fuck it's been a year since that finished I want to rewatch mm. that now what do you do you have no option literally no option yeah you watched it when it came out you watched it week by week you supported the show and for your support. You get nothing. <laughs> like you have no option. You couldn't buy it if you wanted to. Yeah. Who does that help? Other than the royalty fees for the producers and anyone else involved. Now we are talking about how people should be getting royalty fees for writers and all this sort of stuff. And to counteract that, Disney's like, well, guess what? We will sign off on we'll, that. We'll give you that. And but- We'll, we'll remove everything. If, you're, if, you're, <laughs> if your show is shit, doesn't do yeah. well, then we'll remove. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, look it's... forward to Netflix never and following in these footsteps, especially when the if people get what they want out of the strike, because then they would have to pay people more royalties for the streaming service stuff. So then they'll want to remove stuff more. Well, Netflix is the one place that has not removed original content. So. so they shouldn't. If it's your original content, in my mind, it should be on there at all times. That's the one thing I don't... I get how third-party stuff comes and goes. That makes perfect sense. You buy it for a certain period. You pay you pay your fees for a year, six months, whatever. That makes perfect sense. That's normal to me. The fact you remove your own shit, fucking dumb as, dumb as hell. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, we need to look a little bit more into the numbers, like, of the royalties. is if if Because it, if it's like a flat fee for as long as it's on the thing, you know, if it's if it's a fee based on streaming numbers, I can understand, you know, because uh, you know I don't think the people you know Kevin Spacey should be getting a bunch of money for House of Cards, even though probably nobody's watching House of Cards anymore. You know what I mean? 
I don't think it matters once he goes to prison because he doesn't get royalties then. I don't think. I don't think he's ever going to prison. That's because he's got too good a lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no. know. Last week's court case wasn't going well for him. So. Yep. Uh, this is an interesting story. Uh, so have you heard of the film Sound of Freedom? Name rings a bell. Keep going. Uh, Jim Caviezel's uh, child trafficking drama from faith-based distributor Angel Studios made $14.2 million in a single day when it opened on the 4th of July. I just looked at the place. So yes, I do recognize yes. it. Yes. You can chalk that success up to a number of reasons. Religious audiences underserved. The film has been boasted, bolstered by major right-wing pundits, and it opened up on a rare Tuesday after Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny had five days to quiet down. Uh, but the feels, film's real godsend is the ability for Sound of Freedom fans to buy movie tickets for complete strangers. Angel Studios calls it Pay It Forward, in which you can buy a ticket for Sound of Freedom, uh, pay for another one, and someone else can apply to redeem it if they don't have the financial means. A larger group of people buying tickets in bulk, such as a company or a church, can even redeem a portion of their tickets for free. Uh, the distributor says of its $14.2 million haul, $2.6 million came from people overpaying for those pay-it-forward tickets. Uh, Dylan, do you think this could be a thing, or is it just a, just a case of small indie film, small niche audience that this would potentially work for? It sounds like a BS marketing scheme is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, they're fake numbers, right? You don't love a movie so much, you're like, I will pay money to get let somebody else have the opportunity to watch this. No, but a how do you know they actually thing. watched it? Because they redeemed the money. <laughs> so they, they redeemed say. the ticket. So they say. Like, you think just people redeem bullshit. the ticket and then just yeah. no show up? I'm calm bullshit. Okay. I'm fighting I'm, I'm fight news on this. Well, they did make $14 million. So that's that. I mean, that's approved back by like box office receipts. <laughs> well, they're part of the, the agenda, aren't they? What agenda? I know, you know, I'm trying to play the conspiracy theory. This movie's about conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's about child trafficking. Yeah, no, it's about a conspiracy theory that there's child trafficking of fucking... What, what do these people believe? I can't remember. I was reading about this the other day. I don't think they're, I don't think the child trafficking was coming from underneath the pizza store. Um, it could have been, though. I think that's part of the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Anyway, this film apparently was made in 2018 and was finally seeing the light of day now. Uh, yeah, just a very weird story uh, and really honestly just goes to show how far, how much the evangelical, evangelical Christian movement can potentially do if they get behind something for some reason. Yeah, I watched that after watching that doco, the what's it called one, about how they're like inv- invading the, 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 yeah, the Duggars invading every, you know. My eyes and ears are open now, Ash. I see things for what they are. Yeah, I see things. See things. Yeah. All right, let's move into... Let's uh, move into giving some thumbs to trailers. Of course, you can find all the trailers that we're about to talk about in the show notes below. First trailer for this week is Bob Marley, One Love, directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green, starring Kingsley Ben-Adir, Lashana Lynch, and Jesse Cilio. A look at the life of legendary reggae musician Bob Marley. Dylan, what did you think of this biopic trailer? I'll tell you what I watched. 15 seconds into this, I go, this motherfucker's a scroll. <laughs> 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 and then I moved on. Yeah, that no, was uh, double thumbs. Like he was Malcolm X. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, double thumbs up. I thought this was, yeah, really, really good. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I actually don't know much about. Like I know the basics of like the Bob Marley's story, but I don't I don't know enough to 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 say so I'd definitely be close to anywhere of an expert. But the this looked really really interesting. Great performances. Directors got a few um, hits uh, behind the back at the moment. Of course, coming off uh, King Richard, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, came came for this. Great cast and everything. King. Yeah, I'll give it two thumbs up as well. I I also am very unfamiliar with Bob Marley, other than you know. He does reggae. He's got dreadlocks. He's from 
from the you know Pacific Americas. <laughs> I think is the term. Um, but yeah, I thought it was uh, very good. Uh, ben Kingsley idea looks fantastic. It is a little bit jarring given he is in Secret Invasion right now. Um, and yeah, obviously without the dreadlocks in that show, so th- that is very jarring. Um, but it looks really good. It looks like a crazy biopic and then a story that I have not heard, so I'm definitely interested. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keen to check it out. So this is releasing uh, in Australian cinemas on the 11th of January, 2024. Uh, so this might be the first one of these trailers that we've got like a 2024 date. Crazy. I think so. Um, and also interesting timing because, you know, the film film that I watched this and I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird, like timing wise. Like, like, and also I believe it was Sony Sony Pictures is releasing this one. Yeah. So what's, Amer- what's American release at? Like November, right? They're going to get No, it's the same. You sure? Yes. Fucking. Because uh, the uh, Whitney documentary, the Whitney biopic came out around the same time last year. Yeah, true. So whether they're purposely sticking these musical biopics out around the same time. Post-Christmas. When everybody wants to watch musicians. <laughs> uh, next trailer. Miraculous. Ladybug and Cat Noir. The movie. Created by Jeremy Zag. Starring Christina V. Bryce uh, Pappenbrook. Uh, bestowed with magical powers of creation. Ladybug must unite with her opposite, Cat Noir, to save Paris as a villain unleashes chaos into the city. Okay, Dylan, are you familiar with Miraculous Ladybug and Cat Noir? Yes, I've watched several episodes. See, I've seen this, the characters everywhere. Mm. I've not watched anything. Popular kid show. Yes, popular kid show, but it, it, you know, don't feel like it's broken through to be something bigger. (laughs) I don't know. Um... Yeah. Well, no, the, the, the show, the show, a the show's animation style is a lot cheaper than this. That's the standout straight away from the movie. Yeah. Is the animation style in this is a lot, lot, lot bigger, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is that this is not like a, this isn't a. Hey, the movie set between these episodes. The movie is just like, like it's a just, remake. It's, it's, it's a remake. Be its, own it's a universe. reboot. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's its own thing, which works then too, because I don't know if that means they'll move the the age audience from younger kids to you know slightly older or just go for that general family audience rather than Mm. just young which would be a good idea i guess especially the netflix side of things um yeah i i thought it looked pretty good like it's yeah i was standout being that the animation style looks a lot better than the i don't say cheap but very basic of the the kids show sort of thing um and yeah the the action set pieces and whatever else i know kids like it i see toys and target and whatever else so like it's big enough that there's toys yeah. like, <laughs> you know, like so yeah i'll go double thumbs up uh yeah i'll give it two thumbs up you know it's better than anything i've seen of this so far uh definitely has me interested in at least checking it out um it's yeah just to learn more about what this is because i couldn't you know you see different things of these characters pop up in different places and you're like what the what is this Am I too well, see, old? It's, it's yes. They they have so the two know each other outside their super uh, personas like Cat Noir and Ladybug. They know mm. each other, but they never know that they're um, that's the other ones. The plot, the other one. the, yeah, yeah. So you've got that whole like, and they're like sort of into each other, but as both characters, but like in a kid way. But like, as an adult, you can tell that like they're sort of hinting at flirtation. Like Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know the other one is. Sure. I'm trying to think of another analogy. And then they have like these little, um, these little critters. I know, I don't, I don't fully understand the law, but everyone has the little critters that help turn them into things. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very French. Uh, mm. well, set in, it's set, set in, in Paris. Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this. Uh, is releasing on Netflix on the 28th of July. Next trailer is for The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart, created by Sarah Lambert, starring Sigourney Weaver, Alyssa, Alyssa, Debnam, Carey, Asher Keddy, Leah Purcell, and Frankie Adams. Alice Hart finds her life-changing 
dramatically when her parents die in a mysterious fire as she is sent to live with her grandmother on a flower farm. Dylan, what do you think of this latest in a string of Australian Prime Video TV series? I mean, fucking, I reckon Prime Video has put out more Australian series than anyone else in recent memory. Then, then it's Channel absolutely Nine. The Channel Nine. <laughs> well, that's fucking, that's pretty low bar. Yeah. Um, let's clarify. Free air Scri- television combined. Scripted, scripted. Uh, scripted series. Australian yeah. television, yeah. Australian television. I reckon Prime Video has shat on everyone else. Uh, then, yeah, Channel Nine, Channel 10, all these channels. Yeah. Not Maybe not ABC, but yeah. Well, yeah. stands stands up there. Um, but yeah, it looks really good. I'm really keen for this one. Uh, I'm going to give the trailer one up, one down though. How, mainly because I think the trailer's too long. Um, mm. It sort of hits a point where I'm like, okay, like the fucking just stop, stop, stop. You're getting close to three minutes. Stop. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 keen to watch it in general. But I'm going to go one up, one down for this trailer. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, one up, one down. I feel like they sh- might have shown too much. Mm, that's like what, that's you read that description, you're like. A mysterious fire. No, it mm. looks like the little girl set fire to that house. Mm. Uh, she, she's a little pyromaniac. That's what it looks like to me. Um, uh, but clearly, like, there's a long story. Like, clearly, she's going to grow up and live on that flower farm for a long time. Uh, it's cool to see in Sigourney Weaver, an Australian TV series. Crazy. Um, yeah, the cast looks really fantastic. Uh, but, yeah. Asha Keddy. Asha Keddy, uh, From... Australian television. Yeah, well, I think Australian. <laughs> Offspring, yes, her main yeah. big thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, You're apparently. Like Australian television. television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, apparently it's like based on a very popular book, so. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's going to be like a mini series. I don't think it's the specify. Uh, but yeah. It's definitely very... a mini series. I, I looked it up when they, like, the PR email came in like a month ago, and I was like, okay, is this a series or is this like a. Um, it's just one book, so. Uh, yeah, so uh, this will release on Prime Video on the 4th of August with the first three episodes available immediately and a new episode to be on a weekly basis until the series finale on the 1st of September. Prime, currently the best Australian TV series of the year, so let's see if they can get another one. You mean Prime has the best Australian Prime TV Prime currently series has the best Australian TV series of the year, yeah. What would that be? Take a guess. But I'm deadlocked. I guess correct <laughs> answer. <laughs> Good thing of another one. What was the other? I feel like they did another one this year. Sound like another two. Oh yeah, they did class of oh no oh five oh seven or whatever oh seven. Yeah, because then you got the Disney one. Odd number. Yeah. <laughs> Confusing, but yeah. class of odd number. Uh, next trailer, the Nun two, directed directed by Michael Chavis, uh, starring Taysif Thamiga. Jonas Blokert, Bonnie Aarons, Storm Reed, and Anna Popbell. Poplel. Popplewell. <laughs> Why did you struggle with these names so much more than like anyone else's? <laughs> like it's like Bonnie Aarons, and you're like, Bonnie Aarons. <laughs> In 1956, France, a priest is murdered, and it seems an evil is spreading. Sister Irene once again comes face to face with the demonic force. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, one up, one down, I guess. You know, it looks like a horror movie. They did have some <laughs> jump scares in there. Uh, it's a horror movie trailer. Dylan, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, shit. Are you a Numb um, fan? You mad about their <laughs> No, actually, I wasn't. I thought the first Numb movie was pretty um, pretty avo on a avo on a toast with that one. But, yeah, I will, um, I'll... Uh, I'm keen for this one. I think there's a chance to redeem it. The Nun's a, a really scary, interesting villain that was introduced in the Conjuring films. And yeah, I just felt like the first one lacked um, a lot of what this one looks to be having, which is just more and like Bugs. actually, well, no. Well, the first one was just like fucking, I swear it was like four characters wandering around and I was like, I don't know what the fuck. Anyway, the, yeah, this looks, this is a good trailer. Mostly jump scares and stuff like this, but um, in the trailer, I'm hoping for a bit more substance in the actual film, but um, outside, you know, nice amount of jump scares with everything else, but yeah, the, Con- the Conjuring universe is currently the, you know, that's the the bee's knees as far as making horror money. Uh, Storm Reads is in this too, so shout out, King. Yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah, I forgot to ask. I thought you were going to go see Insidious: Lost Door or the Red Door. It's not showing at my fucking cinema. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. I would go watch it. I oh, know really? there's, like, there's mixed uh, mixed, mixed reviews, including uh, yeah. Jason over Jason's at explosionover.com gave it a five point five. Yeah, 
out of ten. Five point five, which is fine. Like I watch, I trust me, I watch my fair share of five point five horror movies. But yeah, I still want to watch it, just not showing them at the fucking cinema. That's that's crazy. It's bullshit. You would think at least counter programming, you know, against, uh, you know, old Indians, old Tom. Tom Tom Cruise has paid off old Lonnie Cinemas. I mean, and uh, based none on that, of them. Clarify: ne- none of the cinemas. <laughs> All two. You're not going. You're not going to see it now. I guess it's not coming in Lawson. No. Well, what's what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen is it's just going to drop on um, VOD, VOD pretty quickly. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last trailer for this week. Napoleon, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby, Tahir Rahim. A look at the military commander's origins and his swift, ruthless climb to emperor viewed through the prism of his addictive and often volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. Uh, Dylan, are you familiar with Napoleon? Never heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm familiar with Who the fuck has never heard of, doesn't know any, don't tell me you know nothing about Napoleon. You've heard the name Napoleon. No, I know the base premise of Napoleon. I know that I know that I know the core thing of him being a uh, like like a, a, a military leader that rises to an emperor and then dies lonely. Or I think that's like that's my short stick of his life. <laughs> short. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dylan, what do you think? Of trailer for really Scott's Napoleon. Double thumbs up. Um, can't wait. Cinema's back, baby, for the tenth time this year. <laughs> Ridley Scott's like I had a rumor that he may have hit it, the pyramid with a cannonball to make it cinema, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all I'm all for it. Also, Vanessa Kirby's in this. Shoutouts, uh, Keen. Yeah, two thumbs up for me as well. This feels like a definite throwback to uh, historic epics that I don't think we've really seen. Uh, Ridley Scott loves a historic epic. He does. He's one of, he's one of the good ones that make the it massive work. success yeah. of the last duel propelled him to make this historical epic. Wait for this to uh, be announced to be like four hours long or something. That'll be great. Probably. It looks like it's got to be at least four hours. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, just crazy over the like big. I think the only critique I would have is they do not seem like they're French. <laughs> No, I think obviously they've made a choice, and I can I can understand leaning one way or another. Of the like, we, we're not even trying. No, we're not even trying. We're yeah. not even trying. You know, uh, you even yeah. make the film in French, or just don't even try. <laughs> don't meet in the middle. Don't try and do English with French accents or some weird shit like yes. that. Just just French or not, whatever. Yeah, um, but other than that, it looks fantastic. Like the scale of it all crazy um even like the the, i love the shot of like the no like the titles of like from the director of like listing all these fantastic movies that obviously read this guy's made um the last one being the martian (laughs) like (laughs) one of these don't fit (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it looks stunning uh i'm sure you know walking phoenix suddenly gonna be propelled into oscar discussions um, it's the second time he's playing an emperor for Ridley Scott. Yeah. The first time it's went so Gladiator. Well for him the first time. Yeah. I'm sure it's gonna end differently for <laughs> History says otherwise, but it's fine. <laughs> you know. History could be ruined. Quintana Tarantino uh, ain't directing this. It's really Scott, I'm sure. <laughs> it's really Scott. <laughs> it doesn't end with uh, Napoleon in one mm. day, like surviving. Uh Elvis style. Uh all right. So Napoleon is coming to Cinemas on the 23rd of November before coming to Apple TV at a later date. Apple TV, give me this and um, Kills of the Kills of the Moon. Fucking, I'm tell you what, I'm happy to be buying my new iPhone this year if they keep help me bring good movies to cinema. Bring the movies to cinema. <laughs> do you think Do you think people are actually going to go see them in the cinema? Fucking hope so, because between both these movies... Are cinema movies. I, I understand that they're going to come to yep. Apple TV eventually, but if you view this or Kills of the Flower Moon as, oh, watch out my fucking iPad at home, get the fuck out of here, you animal. You absolute animal. Eat outside with your, your dog and your cat and your farm animals is where you should be if you think that. You disgust me. <laughs> Spit on you. All right. Uh, let's move into this week's 
top three. Definitely in the top three. Uh, and this week, we're doing top three, or in Dylan's case, top four, hopes for this year's Emmy nominations. Uh, even though the number one hope we have is that the Emmys actually happen this year. <laughs> With all these strikes going on, you know, maybe they'll just do... Uh, well, no one can write the Emmys. Did. No one, no write one will Emmys, write... Though. They'll just do what they did, like, I think I read somewhere the, set, the Golden Globes did during the writer strike. They just had a press conference. And they announced the winners. That's some sad shit right there. Yeah. All right, Dylan, what is the number four? Number four, Emma Darcy wins Best Drama Actress. You went super specific. Yeah, what do you, th- what do you want me to do? I, I just said, what are your hopes for the nominations? You know, I thought it was, you know, general. But yeah, go ahead. I mean, I got... No, I'm only... I hope Emma Darcy wins Best Drama Actress. I think um, they're the best... Uh, they're going to be the best pick for that. And um, that's who I want to win. Okay. Uh, my number three, I hope Mrs. Davis gets some Emmy nominations. Uh, I believe it's for best limit up for best limited series. Um, so, you know, hope it squeaks into one of those five spots. And then I would love to see um, Betty Gilpin get some, an acting nomination. You know, she's really good in that. Uh, both of the serious stuff, but also the over the top comedic stuff. So, yeah, that's my number three. Dylan, what is your number three? Oh, that confused me for a sec. My number three is Better Call Saul wins Best Drama Series. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> my number two. Uh, my number home, two baby. is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two is uh, Emmy Love for Andor. Uh, one of our favorite show of last year. Uh, Your favorite show last year? Our f- collective okay. as the Explosion Network favorite show for last year. Um, you know, easily some of the best Star Wars made ever. Um, yeah, I would love to see a bunch of nominations, whether it's for writing, for Tony Gilroy, directing. Uh, if Fiona Shaw and uh, Andy Serkis do not get guest star acting nominations it's a crime uh i would love to see sales cars cards get something as well uh but yeah love for andor that's my number two film what's your number two <laughs> my number two is that bob Kirk wins best drama actor best leading actor in a drama series okay <laughs> interesting <laughs> My number one, Shrinking, getting some love nominations. Uh, I think definitely at least for Harrison Ford. He needs to be nominated. He is fantastic in that show. Um, but yeah, some writing, some directing. Jason Segel, uh, Jessica Williams, Ed McKinley. Just give award nominations. Everybody loves Shrinking. Dylan... Why don't you shock us all and tell us what is your number one hope for the 2023 Emmy nominations? My number one hope for the 2023 Emmy nominations and Emmy awards of 2023 when and when if they happen as a press release and or an actual show of writers that may not be paid to do such a thing at appropriate rate is that Ray Seahorn wins Best Supporting Drama Actress in a role when it should be Best Actress, but it'll be Best Supporting. But she could win both. She could do all the things. She's so good. Give her all the awards. <laughs> now let me back up everything i just said okay now i thought about your question mm-hmm. your question was let me open this and make sure i word it right yep. you wrote here verbatim it says top four hopes for this year's emmy nominations and my brain said well better call soul gets all the awards it could win <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I went with my be, heart. I went with my heart, Ash. And I just ordered my set. heart in the order of preference, you know? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know it's not super exciting answers, but they're, they're truthful and they come from within. Okay. And it's the last chance. It's my last chance. You know? Are you going to make your uh, thread banner for your home? 
Can you have a banner on threads? No. <laughs> That's why like, I'm going to get the fuck? it. No. <laughs> That's a good point, that? though. Yeah. They should do that. How the, you, how should, I... you need to hurry up and do that on all your social medias. That's a good point. Where don't I have it? Where can I change it? Have you got it on Facebook? No. Do I use Facebook? It no, doesn't it's, matter. It's, it's still it's still Sun Kang from Class of Viewers. <laughs> You're right. I should change that. Yes, good point. I'll do yep. that now. What about Hive? They have banners on the Hive. Do they? I don't know. I'm asking the question. <laughs> anyway, I mean, maybe you should just change profile picture. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I want people to know to me. I don't want to. I, I, okay. Like, I, I want her. To, I'm not trying to pretend. Like, in a world with AI and all this shit, I, mean, I can't be out here trying to pretend. You it's need all to right. Make Hi, a I just opened for... Hive. You'll be happy to know. Already my banner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I will change my Facebook. That's a good point. That will be the, the tipping point. That will get you over the edge. Yeah, I'll have to uh, change that. Dylan, this week, what do you want to watch? Oh, fuck, I thought about this, and I forgot my answer. My answer was, because there's small, pi- slim pickings this week, uh, uh, Bedbox, Barcelona. I didn't. Yeah. I thought the first one was pretty average, but, you know, here's a chance. It's, I feel like the concept is interesting, but the film wasn't so much, if that. Yeah. Maybe the Spanish can get it right. Maybe the Spanish can get it right, you know? <laughs> uh, my pick this week... After Party Season 2, launching on Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, baby. We're going to get... That's uh, a real answer. That's not a movie. The movie's supposed to be number one pick, and then the other TV shows are back up. No, there's no movie. You're breaking the week. rules. There was, uh, yeah. Tiffany Haddish, Soul and War Mysteries, another murder mystery. Bunch of cool people involved in this season. Very exciting. Updated my banner profile on Facebook, so... She can't lose now. Well, let's know what you want to watch this week. Uh, by going to explosion.com slash Twitter or explosion pod on a bunch of other stream on social media services, uh, or just go to explosion.com slash discord and talk to us in discord. We're still on threads. We are on threads. Can't have a banner there, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want to help us out here at what do you want to watch? Leave us a review on Apple podcast or on Podchaser. Tell us, Tell people about the show. Leave us five stars. Any queen, leave, leave, yeah. leave us five stars. Anyone can leave five stars or just tell people about the show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, thought it was worth a dollar, head over to our coffee page at explosion.com slash support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep watching stuff, I guess. <laughs>